It's DTS-123, and we have a really cool Twitch integration coming to Bungie's website, as well as a new ride-along this week for the Wrath of the Machine raid. All that and more coming up. Listening to Destiny the Show. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show, the Destiny News Podcast to keep you the guardian ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I'm BBK Dragoon, and joining me as always is my great co-host, Diddy. What's up, dude? What was the favorite thing you did in Destiny this week? Iron Banner, of course, getting all those clever dragon drops. I actually got a really, really good uh, hand cannon drop. I can't remember what the name of that uh, weapon is, but it's the highest impact hand cannon tier, lowest rate of fire, uh, really good roll on it. It's got uh, high caliber rounds and luck in the chamber and something else that's really good. And it, uh, it hits hard. It's mm. very good. You got uh, Firefly. It's the lingering song, by the way. That's the one you're thinking of. Ah, yes, thank you. It's uh, Luck in the Chamber or Firefly. But nice. I have the, the choice between those two. So it's good in PvE and PvP. So it's uh, it's my perfect hand cannon. It looks really cool, too. It's got, like, little fangs underneath it and the bayonet mm-hmm. sticking out the front. And the sound design on all of the Rise of Iron uh, Iron Banner weapons is just fantastic. I got a few clever dragons, none that I'm really that stoked with, mainly because my grasp has just been delicious, dude. I've been really <laughs> lucky with the feeding frenzy grasp for a long time now. I enjoyed Iron Banner this week, and we're going to talk about it in the weekly update. Bungie's doing a great Twitch integration feature that's going to allow players to see which activity their favorite streamer is doing, as well as inspecting their gear and seeing the perk rolls on everything. It's very, very cool. We've got a ride-along for Wrath of the Machine, information about PlayStation Experience, which is coming early December, and that's most likely going to bring with it either some information on the winter event, maybe more information about what's coming this spring. We're hoping it's going to have a Destiny 2 trailer, but we'll just have to wait and see. And then there's a really interesting Destiny player study, Diddy, that you brought forth. It looks like Bungie is doing some research, very scientific research. For what reason, hmm? It's uh, it's a secret. We'll get there. (laughs) This week at Bungie for November 10th. Diddy, can you believe it's almost Thanksgiving? It's almost Thanksgiving here in the States. It's almost Christmas, dude. <laughs> the holiday season is upon us. Black Friday deals are starting to uh, begin the snowball towards our consumer consumption of both food and media and just things that we don't need. <laughs> this last week, dude, speaking of Black Friday deals, Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 1 were on sale on Target's website for $35. That's insane. That is the best price for those games. Those games are top-notch. It's not a month old, even. Did you pick one of them up? I know you already had Titanfall 2. I got Battlefield 1, and I'll just say to people, if you're waiting for Black Friday for a deal, Titanfall 2 is incredible. That that is becoming, like, aside from Overwatch, my favorite shooter this year. I just love it. And I bet you Rise of Iron will go on sale. It was, like, 20% off at the end of October, but the collection. I bet there's going to be a sweet deal for Destiny the Collection. So if there's a friend that you want to get into this game and you don't have a holiday like a Christmas gift, 
I think that might be a pretty smart way to go. Yep, do the refer a friend as well if they've never played ah. Destiny before. Get that sweet emblem, get that high five and dance emotes and have a good time. That was one of my favorite things that we did over on the PlayStation. <laughs> okay, so starting it off, Iron Banner came and went. I enjoyed it this week. We'll talk about our feedback in a second, but a few changes. The rank three and five packages were removed. During the first event of Rise of Iron, we had basically Aphrodite's Quest, which was the rank three and five package those are no more however there are four guaranteed drops per character if you do the iron banner bounties and what was your feedback on this diddy some people i saw were pretty upset that three and five were removed and i myself at first was a little like knee jerk eh, i don't really like this but my opinion changed over the week yeah it's um it was a little bit different than the first iron banner for rise of iron that we saw uh, the removal of the rank three and five packages was definitely a surprise. I feel like the end game rewards were definitely ramped up as well. Oh yeah, I got two of those um, hand cannons. I f- forgot the name again. You just told me. I got two of those. <laughs> it's um, the lingering one, song. The lingering song. One from each of the bounties from Iron Banner on my hunter, and it's just like I'm getting all this gear. I didn't even notice I'm not getting the rank three and five packages. Well, let's hear from Crucible designer Jeremiah Pichel, who had some notes to say here. And I quote, If I had to summarize the goals for the latest changes to the event in one sentence, it would be this. As a player, I can play Iron Banner and be rewarded fairly for my time, regardless of which days of the week work with my schedule. End quote. And that's very true, because you and I both work, and previously the tempered buff, we'd wait until Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to do our (laughs) characters. Yeah. But here's the deal. To the people who are upset about the rank 3 and 5 package removal, think about it this way. You have 12 guaranteed gear drops if you did all of the bounties on three characters. That is just from the bounties, not the endgame rewards. And if you reach rank 5, rank 5 is now like this reward to buy a ridiculously good roll weapon. And I think that's their intention with the events and putting such good rolls now on the vendor is to give mm-hmm. you the incentive of rank 5 to purchase this really legit roll but man, I went from 393 light on my Warlock up to 398, and I think I might be able to do 399 if I put some of my PvE gear on. So it was just a fantastic way to get a character bumped all the way up, and I love the removal of the tempered buff. Now that was gone in the last event, but it's just nice because the event itself to me was control, which is my favorite game type for Iron Banner. It requires teamwork. I love the fact that you have to use supers, right, in order to take the (laughs) B-Hill. It reminds me a lot of Overwatch and the fact that if you coordinate your ultimate abilities together, you can take points or you can push past a choke or you can make some big objective play occur, and that was required in the tighter matches that we played throughout this week. I mean, Matchmaking-wise, I felt like most of the games I played were real close. They were challenging. They were difficult. They represented what Iron Banner, to me, usually is, is a more sweatpants attitude. I don't know. What were your games like? Because we played some together, and we played a lot with the DTS people. Shoutouts, guys. Thank you for the games. Yeah, I I felt like this Iron Banner was more uh, more competitive. It, it meant more. It felt like the games that I was playing and the gunfights I was having had much more of a larger impact on the gameplay itself as opposed to the supremacy where it's just run and gun collect the crests iron banner control is very like you said team focused and you have to be coordinated and 
it just felt like it mat- my performance mattered more in the game. And that's good because Iron Banner is an end game PvP activity, light levels enabled. If you run with a crew, you have that communication, you're going to have that leg up above your opponents. And I, I really like that fact. I, I like the what Iron Banner is, you know, that end game PvP content where it matters if you have a team or not. Yep. Now I just want to see more ornaments. Could you imagine if there were like five ornaments to earn for your clever dragons <laughs> or whatever, you know, Iron Banner gear it is? That would be fantastic. Getting the old classic regalia armor is such a great feeling because mm-hmm. I, I wore yep. the regalia robes for most of like year one <laughs> PvP stuff. So it just brings back this great memory. It's an homage. And I hope we see more of that as Destiny 1 is in its final leg, its final year, basically. Why don't we talk about the Twitch changes, dude? So the companion team is doing a really cool thing where you can attach your twitch.tv username to your bungee.net account. And when you stream, it's a whole organizational thing built on the site, Diddy, where you can like view activities and you can see streamers based on like um, their status or their followers or like basically I want to look at some guy doing the raid or I want to see somebody playing trials right now. That's sort of the organization that they're building into it. If you've ever been to the CSGO directory on Twitch.tv, you can browse by maps. You can see which streamers are playing on which maps. And this is kind of like that, but amplified, right, dude? Yeah, it's it integrates with Bungie's API information, and it links, like I said, with your um, profile, your Bungie profile. So you can actually see the gear that the streamer is using in the game right there on the website there's a tab that says gear right next to twitch chat and it lists everything it gives you the the light level what the gun is if it has an elemental type and it's actually really cool it looks like this has been in development since taking king because the screenshot that they have is all king's fall gear that's actually pretty funny oh that's right isn't it so this is going to be an interesting thing to see if they actually put in-game as well. Maybe not with Destiny 1, but you can safely assume with Destiny 2. Could you imagine looking at your friends list or your clan roster? Which you and I haven't really talked about that much. I love the fact that our clan roster is now in-game. That is so mm-hmm. stinking cool. But you have a little red icon next to their name. You're like, oh, cool. Diddy's streaming right now? Awesome. I want to go hop in his yeah. match, dude. Become <laughs> world famous with that guy, you know? Yeah, you... <laughs> With, like like you said, with Destiny 2, if they implement some type of theater mode system, spectator mode, that would be the place to put it because it's already integrated with the website, already integrated with your character, already integrated with your stream. That would be awesome if you can just select the character that's streaming right now and spectate their game, or maybe they don't even have to be streaming. But this is actually really cool. You can just see their gear, interact with uh, your favorite streamers, and like you said, you can find them by activity. Who's streaming the raid right now? I want to know what Axis Challenge Mode is all about. So I'm going to go to watch them. Yep. And this is with the companion team. Those are the guys building it. So it's going to scale with the app as well, I would imagine. imagine. This is going to go live, I believe, in the next week or two. There's a new emblem coming called Can't Stop the Signal. And I quote, it just so happens that's the name of the new emblem. You can earn it if you stream Destiny content for 77 non-consecutive hours on a channel linked to a Bungie.net account. So it's a pretty cool emblem, and no, I don't think you can just leave your stream on in orbit. I don't really know what metric they're going to look at. Immediately, people were going, well, I'm just going to stream myself in orbit. But it says 77 non-consecutive hours. 
So keep that in mind, guys. Keep that in yeah, mind. So you don't have to do a 77-hour stream to get the emblem. <laughs> <laughs> I think Deej said on a tweet right after this went live that he will legit stop somebody. He's going to rip the cord out of their data center <laughs> if you're trying to marathon this thing. You need to get sleep. <laughs> and then a ride-along, dude. The Wrath of the Machine ride-along is this week. What's it looking like? Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with the Bungie ride-alongs, it's where Bungie themselves, they play their content and they talk about the design philosophies behind it, some decisions that they made, like we were thinking about this, they might show some concept art as well, you know, kind of how um, that piece of Bungie or Destiny content came to be in the Destiny universe. And this time they're doing Wrath of the Machine Raid. I'm going to expect them to do normal mode <laughs> instead of hard mode. Um, but it's going to be actually very interesting because this raid, it's really, you know, taking us back. Like we've said, we really like the length, the action packedness of this raid. We like how it's designed. It's going to be interesting to see what Bungie says about, okay, so we saw Vault of Glass, Crota's End, and, um, King's Fall. We saw how those panned out. This is how we use some of those elements in those raids and put them into Wrath of Machine. I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be Wednesday. They haven't announced the time just yet. It'll be on twitch.tv slash Bungie. Usually these ride-alongs are at like 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, mid-morning mm -hmm. kind of deal. So we'll be watching for that. And of course, highlight videos usually show up on Planet Destiny's YouTube channel pretty closely thereafter. Axis Challenge Mode went live this last week, Diddy. What was it like? What was the player's reaction and feedback? I've seen some folks who said, yeah, this one actually was a bit more challenging than Vosik. I don't see myself maybe doing this very often again. And if I want more of the ornaments, I'm just going to go do the Vosik challenge. Sure. So Axis Phase 2, uh, or the challenge mode, was is in Phase 2, so when you actually defeat him. Um, and the thing with this is... During empowerment, and when you're about to stun Axis, there are plates on the ground for players who are not stunning Axis to discharge their voltage um, into the plate, which gives everybody in the fire team their super. So this happens at the same time or, or just before you have to stun Axis. So two players have to discharge their voltage, one into the plate, giving everybody super, the other one into Axis's back, stunning him. And you have to do that every single time. You cannot miss a stun and you cannot miss a plate for discharge in order to defeat or before you defeat Axis. That's pretty cool. And that does challenge modes. That's it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a slight tweak into uh, how people have um, commonly uh, done the raid. You know, a lot of high level streamers, they say, oh, we discharge voltage every single time so this was no different than our normal raid runs but uh, the most common way it's, it's not necessary uh, so a lot of people just didn't know that that was a thing or how to do it so it's just it's a slight tweak in coordination you you have to have two people on the ball instead of uh, just the one for the stunning of axis and it's not so difficult where a lot of people can't complete it, but it's that, like I said, it's that next step above in team coordination in order to uh, make it a little bit more challenging and uh, a little bit harder to complete. Very good. Trials this weekend was first light or last weekend, guys, when you're <laughs> listening to this. I've got mixed feelings here. Okay. So the 
trials weekends during Festival of the Lost, we had spooky trials, no revive and no radar. And that I'm not a huge fan of for two reasons. No radar destiny to me doesn't work because there is no enemy footstep sounds. There are no enemy footstep noises in Destiny. You can hear their abilities, like when they're jumping, double jumping, or jetpacking. Going camo. Mm-hmm. But there's no footstep noises. And that paired with Destiny's ultra-tight field of view makes it really frustrating to get flanked. Now, they used maps that had doors and tight pathways that made it a little bit easier to predict the flanks, okay? cauldron you can obviously hear the sound cues of the doors which made it a little bit more manageable but here we are with first light and i love it and i also hate it because it's kind of trolly but it's also fresh but is trials the game mode to be experimenting with three weeks in a row what's your take dude um first light is just hilariously different <laughs> in the fact that yeah you want to try and shake things up a bit but the way people play trials they're just gonna stick to the close quarters of that map anyways so a lot of people would camp in the caves or camp inside the buildings and then wait for the other team to come to them you know draw like the spider drawing their prey into their trap basically and that's you can change the map all you want. You can change the the play the, the settings all you want, but players are going to play how they want to play. And with a game like game type like Trials, it's going to be that that type of <laughs> I, I shot you first, I get the kill first, I win. Yeah, thing. You know, I want to see this kind of change like once a month. That's my thing. I like this. I think it's cool to have something fresh, something new to try out. I love that Derek Carroll on Twitter is totally just doing, sitting here, sipping my Lipton iced tea. Like, <laughs> you guys don't like shotguns? Well, here's first light. But break it up a little bit. I mean, this is the third week in a row that we've had a radically different kind of trials. And for me, I uh, I want the more traditional trials experience now to go, ah, oh, okay, cool. There we go. And then try something new. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with experimenting with trials. In fact, I want them to be totally comfortable doing that and the community to be excited about that. They're trying and, and figure out new things for it, but stacked up like this, I don't know. Yeah, to me, trials is the ultimate endgame PvP activity. Um, and doing certain tweaks like this, certain, I guess we can call them events for trials, it doesn't seem like that would be the place to try these new things like do a weekly elimination playlist with these extra silly settings mm -hmm. instead of having it in trials of osiris because there are people in this game who only play trials because they want to be that uh, pvp legend they want to be challenged they want the elimination style they love that 3v3 really high competitive uh, nature of the game type and then when you're forced to do this extra silly thing like the spooky trials or playing on first light it's it's totally different you know but then there's that other side of the spectrum if you're that end game pvp legend you should be prepared for anything that's thrown at you um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to like everything they throw at you but uh, you should be prepared for it but it's kind of like uh, i don't i'm conflicted of what i really feel about it you know i think it was silly but then again i don't play trials that often Mm-hmm.
Let's shift gears and move on to this really cool research paper that came out this week called Guns and Guardians, Comparative Cluster Analysis and Behavioral Profiling in Destiny. This is a paper that was written by Anders Draken, James Green, Chester Gray, Eli Herrick, Patty Lou, Rafat Sifa, and Diego Klabion. This paper is really Ellie unique. Ellie Herrick? What did I say? Eli? Eli? Well, it could be, right? No, probably not. It's spelled differently. Fine. <laughs> All right, so this paper is basically a giant conglomeration of stats about weapon usage. It was put together by um, people who are game analytic researchers, people who spend their time researching into game behavioral activities and then reporting their findings. I couldn't find any like source of why this paper was written, like who funded it or who pushed for this. But as we talk about it, it might become clear that maybe Bungie is looking to get some more information to develop a new feature in the game. We found this out. There's actually a member of our Discord, Bronson Sky. He linked it. It was a Kotaku article. And it's uh, it looks at the data from about 30,000 PvE players and about 16,000 PvP players and is able to classify them into certain behavioral groups um, in terms of you know what weapons they use how they use them what kind of engagements they're using them in they mentioned that with this with this information a recommender system for suggested items to players can be developed and that uh, that's what sparks an interest for us because like we said we don't know who really funded this study or if they just did it themselves but with this type of information, they can, Bungie being they, can or could implement some type of suggested items. Yeah, a player recommended item thing. Like, here, we think you would enjoy using this auto rifle because you generally kill people in close quarters. And you're usually at this distance when you're engaging with people. It's unique. Yeah, or or use this chess piece with uh, additional solar armor because you use... Sunbreaker all the time. It's pretty cool in some ways. In other ways, like since we're just talking hypothetically about a feature that maybe could be in Destiny 2, having a gear recommender seems a little counterintuitive to me in a world of Destiny because it's always about choosing how you want to play, what you want to use, and the gear that you play like with, what you put on. Having a system recommend it to me takes away, I guess, an element of that discovery and finding which piece of gear that you like. Again, mm -hmm. this is sort of just... <laughs> rambly because we don't even know if this is a feature they're going to pursue i just thought here th these classifications could be something that i don't know things like an lfg site um, could implement you know if, you, if i'm raiding and we're doing some type of encounter that requires high dps and close combatants then i can look at the the lfg site or the the system there and i can look at four players with that classification and I can, you know, implement them into my team and really optimize my team configuration. You know what I got to say, dude? Skolos, Gallarhorn required. You ain't got Galley, get out of here. You ain't worthy. You didn't earn your Gallarhorn, Diddy. You didn't earn it. Oh, good times. Year one members. Oh, if you guys just think back, wasn't that fun? LFG sites requiring <laughs> Gallarhorn. <laughs> Icebreaker being a requirement for Crota's End. Oof. Yeah. I look back with pretty fond memories, though, of those times. Can we transition, <laughs> actually, since you just mentioned Crota's End, to what we didn't have time to talk about last week? December 9th. It's a Friday this year. December 9th is also the date, a couple years ago, that Crota's End and The Dark Below came out. So, 
this year we are returning to Crota's End. We are doing a, a day stream, live stream of doing Crota's End runs back to back to back. We're going to have uh, no cheese runs, full cheese runs. We're going to have some lore background inside uh, Crota's End and revolving around Crota's End. We're going to relive the classic moments from the Dark Below expansion. And uh, if you've never done Crota's End before, because there's been no point to if you're joining Destiny now, that's going to be perfect. It's going to be an opportunity for you guys to learn how this raid really helped shape raids in Destiny and uh, how it was totally different from all the other raids that we have experienced before. It's going to be a streamed event over at twitch.tv slash destiny the show. We're going to have giveaways, trivia, and some more secret things that we're planning in the background. So definitely join us there. It's going to be a, let's say it's going to be an all day event. We're going to have a good yep. time. Both Diddy and I are taking off of work. We're really excited about it, dude, because we're just going to get to stream it. We're going to go through the raid over and over with you guys, the viewers, the followers, the fans, and the supporters, and people that want to experience Crota's end. It's a celebration, and it's a remembering of, dude, this was really cool, and we've had a great adventure with Destiny, and now we're sending it off as we move into Destiny 2. And hopefully, Destiny 2 brings with it, like, first year, four raids, right? Every... <laughs> a few months yeah. you're doing a raid diddy and i oftentimes just get all nostalgic and go dude can you believe like in year one right about now we were getting information about a new dlc the dark blow and it's gonna have another raid year one yeah. really represented like not not perfect there was a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that fell through but from a content perspective compared to two and three years two and three just a really cool tight package that brought with it new pve and new v pvp so Join us December 9th, twitch.tv slash Destiny the Show for Return to Crota's End. Oh, I'm hyped. That's going to be exciting because we're going to talk about things like solo runs, flawless runs, melee only runs. This is the raid that Dotto and his crew, he did blindfolded. It's all this silliness that, that we're going to do. We're going to use year one guns as well. Dude, I am so stinking hyped about this. Now, PlayStation Experience is in Anaheim, California, December 3rd and 4th. If you guys are out in California and want to get your tickets, it is $60 for the early birds. If you want to get a two-day ticket at the time of the event, $75, and then Saturday or Sunday are about $45 each. It's all going to be streamed online, and the reason we bring it up is because that is about three and a half weeks away. That will either bring with it a trailer for SRL and the winter event, or maybe some information about Destiny 2. Who knows, but it's the next point on the roadmap that gives us any information about Destiny Year 3 happenings. That's going to wrap up DTS for today. Diddy, what's uh, something you're doing that's not Destiny right now? What are you enjoying outside of the realm that Bungie has built? We just got a PlayStation VR. Oh, how is yeah. it? Yeah, so it's it's super cool. The only thing that uh, Sanic is super excited about uh, Resident Evil 7, but yeah, we wanted to get it before because the sales are happening and we wanted to get accustomed to it. It can give you some motion sickness. It's uh, very it immersive really? mm. and it definitely does take some getting used to because everything is right there and you're having to use your head to turn around and look everywhere. It's definitely disorienting. So <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting and... I really like it. The only thing I've done is the kitchen demo, which is a Resident Evil teaser that they did originally. No one knew it was Resident Evil when this came out. She was super excited that it was included, and uh, I got to play that. And I don't like scary games, so... And since she does, maybe 
we can convince her to um to do a uh, cooperative PSVR horror game series on YouTube, maybe. Oh man. <laughs> Of That'd me awesome. playing, getting scared, and, sh- <laughs> and she's her just laughing, laughing at, you. at me like I'm a dumbass or whatever. Nice. So man. it's uh it's gonna be fun. Nice. Outside of Destiny, I've been playing Titanfall two. I just got Battlefield one, which is very overwhelming visually, like how gorgeous <laughs> it is. Like. Yeah, it's very cinematic, man. It's just I stop and gawk at the scenery all the time and the noises. EA and DICE are just getting fantastic. That Frostbite 2 engine is pretty delicious. And then Overwatch. Got back into competitive Overwatch. I've been solo queuing. I got up into Platinum. I'm scared to try and grind towards Diamond, but we'll see. (laughs) We will definitely see. And then Final Fantasy 15 is in about two and a half weeks, which I am super excited for. But man, Rise of Iron, it's been holding my interest. It really has held my interest, I think, longer than... I hate to say it, but the Taken King, like, Taken King had the dailies, which were pretty legit, but maybe there's secret dailies hidden in Rise of Iron that we just don't know about yet. Hmm? Yeah, it, it blows my mind that we haven't found any type of secret missions yet. If they're, if they're in the game, then well done, Bungie, because they're hidden really well. There are There are definitely people searching every single daily mission that comes out. That's a Rise of Iron story. People are searching for it, and oh, man, it uh, it's going to be exciting when one is actually found. Where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash Diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. Awesome. You can check out all the links from today and more at destinytheshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at destinytheshow. Check out our friends over at destinytracker.com, the best place in the Destiny universe to track your online stats. You can follow me at bbkdragoon on both YouTube and Twitter. Don't forget, we're heading back to Crow's End, December 9th, Friday, twitch.tv slash destinytheshow. And you guys, if you want to talk to us throughout the week or join in with a lot of other awesome guardians in this DTS community, head on over to our Discord, discord.me slash destiny the show thanks everyone and have a good week Thank you.